It took Kiss over a decade to get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and shocker, things didn't go all that smoothly when the band was finally inducted into the Rock Hall in 2014. Fortunately, I got to ask Ace Fraley all about that for this week's episode of CLE Rocks, the music podcast from the birthplace of rock and roll. Now, before we get to the Ace Fraley interview, a little background on this one. So much I want to talk about. Such a great interview with Ace. When you go and reach out to talk about Ace Fraley, who has a new album coming out, it's Origins Volume 2, where he covers songs from Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Deep Purple, Cream, The Beatles, several others. Publicists are going to tell you a few things. They're going to lean you not to talk about the past. And then they also didn't want me to ask any political questions. I don't know. You've probably seen in the news recently, Ace came out as a Trump supporter. Now, I had no problem ignoring that just because that could be a podcast unto itself, speaking with any rock star about their politics. But how could you talk to Ace Fraley and not talk about Kiss? First of all, let me say, Origins Volume 2 is fantastic. It's a great album. And Ace is probably the most active member uh, of the Big Kiss 4. So listening to his music, he's definitely keeping things alive for the Kiss Army. Um, so I was happy to talk to him about Origins Volume 2. And you get some insight into his influences and some of the collaborations on this album, which includes working with another former Kiss guitarist. But what really lit things up was was getting him to talk about Kiss, and that all started with me bringing up the 2014 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony, which I was fortunate enough to be at. It's one of the best ceremonies they've had, and I've watched them all either in person or online uh, in the HBO or whatever network the Rock Hall was with uh, doing the replays. You had the E Street Band finally get inducted. You had Nirvana closing the show with special guest performances by women standing in for Kurt Cobain. And of course you had kiss reuniting and kiss by far had the biggest uh, fan base there. And people were anticipating this, this lead up of, of is kiss going to reunite? How are the guys going to get along? What's going to happen? Uh, and ACE gets into this. If you don't know already, kiss did not wind up performing as Gene Simmons uh, wasn't happy that the current members of KISS weren't included in the abduction. Um, but Ace gets into that. He reveals a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, and he also talks about Origins Volume 2, which you can listen to now. Uh, and here Ace is phoning me in. Hey, Troy. Ace here. Hey, Ace. How's life for you during this pandemic? I know you recently moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. Uh, a lot calmer. No fires. <laughs> I was just watching the fires on YouTube. Pretty fucking crazy. Origins Volume 2 is out. Your second time around covering some of your favorite rock songs from these legends. Is it weird to have an album out and not be touring on it? It's different, you know. I've been doing a lot of phoners. I did several Zoom interviews. I've never done those before on my laptop. So, you know, it was different. You know, I just got back from Kentucky last night because I, I flew out there with my girlfriend to pick up a Jaguar and we drove it back. That sounds like a nice road trip. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, we were, we were pushing it. We were pushing the throttle, but we, luckily we didn't get any tickets or pulled over. So 
We made it home safe last night about by 10:15 p.m. You released Origins Volume 1 in 2016. Now we get the sequel. What was the biggest difference going into the project this time around? Well, obviously I was a lot more prepared. I had the formula down, you know. Basically Origins is about me re-recording songs that influenced me as I was growing up as a teenager, you know, with guitar players like Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, Pete Townsend, obviously the Stones and the Beatles. And uh, so pretty much uh, it was fun, you know. Uh, me and my engineer did pretty much all the songs alone in my studio and then... Uh, Play the tracks over and over again with different parts. And uh, then at the end, we brought in a drummer, my drummer, Matt Starr, and uh, sent, it, um, sent the tracks off to be mixed. And luckily, it turned out, you know, the way we wanted it to. So one of the highlights of this album for KISS fans especially is you collaborating with Bruce Kulick, another former KISS guitarist, on Jimi Hendrix's Manic Depression. I'm curious how that collaboration came about. Well, a couple of years ago, I did a Kiss cruise, and Bruce's band was on the cruise as well. But I've known Bruce for years, and we've been friends, you know. And I was friends with his brother, Bob, who recently passed away, unfortunately. And they're both great guitar players, you know. But, you know, out of all the guitar players that work with Kiss, you know, outside of me, Bruce is definitely the most proficient. So, uh, when he found out I was doing Orange's Volume 2 on the cruise, he, uh, he asked me if he could be involved in a song. I said, sure. So we're both uh, Hendrix fans. So he picked Manic Depression, and that's one of my favorite Hendrix songs. So it worked out great. And he, yeah, he did a killer solo. You cover the Beatles' I'm Down on Origins Volume 2. Out of all the Beatles songs, and there's many to choose from, why that one? But I, I prefer the earlier Beatles, you know. I, you know, the one thing I love about I'm Down is it's a lot, it's more, you know, it's a war, more rock and roll song, which is uncharacteristic of the Beatles as they progressed in their career. And uh, even McCartney said he it basically uh, he got the idea to do that song from Chuck Berry. So uh, it was a lot of fun doing that song. And, you know, I brought in John Five to crank out the solo and then me and him solo it out at the end. It turned out great. I'm, I was surprised though I could do a McCartney vocal, you know. I, I wasn't sure if I could pull that one off, but somehow I did. <laughs> I'm curious now, were there any other songs on the album where you went to tackle them and you were nervous if you could pull it off? Good times, bad times. I, I, you know, I surprised myself with that one as well. You know, Robert Plant has has a pretty incredible range, so uh, I had to tune down to a D to do that song instead of E, and uh, that's how I got through that one. (laughs) I know Led Zeppelin's a major influence on you, as I'm sure all these artists are. Is there pressure when it comes to covering these songs by these acts that you looked up to since you were a kid? Uh you know, I, I'm so familiar with their material. You know, I used to play Zeppelin songs and cover bands prior to Kiss, you know, when I was growing up. And uh, 
Jimmy Page taught me how to play guitar among some of the other great British guitar players. And uh, I'm real familiar with his material and his style. So it wasn't a stretch to do another Zeppelin song. You know, I did uh, what I do on Origins Volume 1, Bring It On Home. That turned out great. And uh, this one... uh, it was a little more of a conquest for me because, uh, you know, I had to do all the vocals. You mentioned collaborating with John Five. He's worked with everyone from David Lee Roth to Marilyn Manson to Rob Zombie. And you two have this dual solo on Cream's Politician that's just insane. I mean, if you listen to the original version, solo, Clapton's doing two solos simultaneously. You know, I, obviously he double-tracked it. So it gave me and John the opportunity to solo together. And I came up with the idea to crossfade them left to right and right to left. And uh, we had a lot of fun with that. We did that in one take. <laughs> you mentioned being more prepared for Origins Volume 2. I can't help but notice you covered three songs on the first volume in 2016, but there's just one Kiss cover this time around, and it's a bonus track. Well, we tracked uh, 11 songs, and then the record company asked for a bonus track, and they wanted it to be a Kiss song. We had been performing She Live with my touring band. We loved doing that live. It was a lot of fun, and I was able to showcase, you know, the lead vocal qualities of uh, two of the guys that sing in my band. And they they killed the vocals on that. me and Jeremy doubled the solo, and uh, I'm real happy with the way that one turned out as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm really surprised about 80% of the interviewers that have interviewed me so far, which has been about 100, uh, like this album better than Origins Volume 1. They think it's stronger. Yeah, yeah, there's certainly an energy to this one, in my opinion. There was better energy on this record because I, I knew what I was doing. I knew what to expect and I planned it out better and uh, like I said I already had the format down with the success of Origins Volume 1 I you know I had a feeling Origins Volume 2 would be easier because it you know the first one was accepted and received very well by my fans so I think uh, you know it gave me uh, courage and incentive to try a little harder on this one and push myself a little harder because uh, I, I have a pretty good insight into what I think my fans want to hear. You know, they want to hear a lot of guitar work and there's a lot of guitar work and a lot of great riffs on this record, you know, written by other people, of course, but they influenced me as a kid and uh, it, it gave me an opportunity to, you know, put my stamp on it, you know. Looking back on those influences, do you remember what solo or if there was a riff you heard when you were a kid that really pushed you off on this musical journey? I want to hold your hand and satisfaction by the stones. I was a big fan of Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, and uh, I loved the solo in that song, you know, his lead guitarist, Jim McCarty, who later on we became friends. I actually have a tape of me and Jim jamming in my friend's bedroom several years before I joined KISS. Somehow he ended up in New York. 
I met Jim for the first time, and then when, during Fraley's comic years, uh, Jim's band opened for me on a couple of shows, and we hung out and, and became closer friends. So, uh, And then when I went to see uh, Mitch Wright in Detroit Wheels at a Murray the K show when I was about 15 or 16, lo and behold, The Who and The Cream were opening for him. And he blew me away. It was their first New York appearance. Okay, switching gears. Uh, in the build-up to this interview, I, I was thinking back to Kiss's 2014 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, uh, which took place in New York. I was there. Uh, what do you remember most about that night? What I remember most is, uh, yeah, I was trying to slim down, and I took a diuretic, and uh, it made me lightheaded. Well, you know, I was trying to look as, as thin for the camera as possible. So, I, you know, that afternoon I took a diuretic, you know, I I peed like 10 times and uh, I didn't, I, you know, I forgot to take, you know, replenish my body with potassium and fluids. So when I got to the uh, venue and uh, I started getting lightheaded, when I walked up onto the stage, you know, I felt like I was going to faint. Gene's talking to me and I'm not even listening to him. I'm just kind of like holding on to dear life, hoping I can get up and speak in front of, you know, 15,000 people plus. And, uh, but, you know, it all turned out fine. My body bounced back and uh, everything worked out great that night. It was a lot of fun. I was supposed to jam with uh, Bruce Springsteen and do Highway to Hell. You know, but because the East Street band had, everybody in that band got up and, it's the way 20 minutes talking, you know, we ran over time so much that, you know, they cut it. It's crazy because I remember being in the press room backstage and there were rumblings of an all-star jam. I even think Tom Morello alluded to it happening, but as you said, it never did. Yeah, Tom called me up that afternoon and he said, we're doing Highway to Hell. And I said, what's the arrangement? And he, and he gave me... He, texted me the link on YouTube of them performing it live because at the time he had been touring with Bruce. So I went over two or three times, you know, and, and he told me he was going to give me the first solo, you know, the first 16 bars. So I just jammed on it a little in my hotel room and uh, brought my guitar. It was under the table, you know, at the show, and uh, I never got a chance to play. So that was the only frustrating part. That and the fact that Paul and Jean declined to play with me and Peter, even though we were asked to originally by the uh, producers. There was certainly a build-up to the ceremony. I mean, fans and, and press were wondering, is KISS going to reunite or not? I think Paul and Jean were a little nervous about it because the last time we did a reunion, you know, we, we had done that... Uh, when we re reunited on MTV for uh, Unplugged. Uh, Unplugged, yeah. Everybody went crazy, and, you know, they already had an album ready to be released with Bruce and Eric, and they held back the release because of uh, such a demand for history and individual members. I didn't think, I didn't think they were, I think they were afraid of history repeating itself if we would have got up and done three songs and, and, and knocked them dead. So I think they were, were afraid of that happening the second time. So 
They asked, they called me up and asked me about it. I said, I'd do it. I said, but I'm not getting up there with Tommy. I'll tell you that. They talked it over, you know, and they declined. So, yeah, it was a missed opportunity. The world was watching and we could have got up there and, and done a couple of kiss songs and it would have been great. And, uh, well, Jim This part might be random, but one of the things I remember most about that ceremony is when Kiss came backstage, everyone seemed pretty uptight, uh, except you, uh, who stayed on the stage a bit longer than everyone else to pose for photos. You had this huge smile on your face. Oh, yeah. I, well, my press people for me one, were backstage, and they had a whole shitload of interviews lined up for me. You know, Paul and Jim, I think, had to get up at 6 a.m., to do a TV show in New York. So, you know, they wanted to get out. Paul wanted to get out of there. Gene wanted to stay because Gene loves to impress. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, my girlfriend said, Paul said to Gene, we're, we're out of here. Gene just kind of walked away with, with his tail between his legs. I, you know, Paul was like uh, kind of taken over. And it's very... Uh, unorthodox for Gene to just have Paul kind of push him around and, and not let him do press with me. So uh, I took advantage of it and probably did 15 interviews that night backstage. Right, because you had your album Space Invader coming out. Yeah, I mean, it, it was good timing and uh, I was uh, in top form that night. You know, everything works out for a reason, you know. Yeah. Karma's a bitch. <laughs> you know even after we're done talking i'm going to spend weeks uh maybe months wishing that the all-star jam with tom morello and bruce and the east street band and everybody happened uh, i'm so disappointed that would have been insane people would have gone nuts and also you know would have probably pissed off paul and gene because i would have got i was the i'd be the only kiss guy founding member who got up to play you know, John Jett did a great job, you know, with the guys from Nirvana. You know, and I watched that, and then when I found out, you know, our song had been cut, I just got pissed off, grabbed my guitar, and got the fuck out of there. Okay, getting back to current day, uh, what's next for you? The label has shown interest in Origins Volume 3, and I've heard you're already working on new original material. Well, you know, I'm not touring because of the pandemic. Everything's been postponed and put on hold. So, uh, and I just moved into a new house with a 3,000 square foot basement. I'm building a studio in. So I'm going to have fun working on a, a new studio record with all original material. And then was slated to do Origins Volume 3, which is going to be a gas. And then... And I think I'm supposed to do another studio record, you know, because I just re-signed with E1 a few months back for another three records. Kiss hasn't put out a Kiss hasn't put out a record in what seven years. I don't know what the deal is there. Hey, but you know, there's been a lot of merch. A few more pinball machines can't hurt. Well, the, the merchandise will always be there. You know, they, the, you know, they bought a football team. You know, they got a chain of restaurants. You know, but. I thought Kiss was supposed to be about the music and the show, so and records, you know, and uh, somehow the records got lost. But I have no control over that. You know? And I, it, it, they don't think the fans want a new album, then so be it. You know, I think it's a mistake, though. If I was back in the band, 
I'm sure there would have been a new album because I'm, you know, I'm writing all the time. And me and Gene wrote two songs in one afternoon for uh, my last studio record, Spaceman. And that was effortless. So, uh, you know, I would have pushed the guys to do another record. But, uh, you know, things don't always turn out the way you plan. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking the time, Ace. Always an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much. You take care. All right. You have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of CLE Rocks. Come back next week. We're going to have a lot more for you. Big shout out to Ace Fraley uh, for the doing the interview. You can pick up Origins Volume 2 now, and it's also available on all major streaming services.